0: Welcome to Story Story Night, where you hear true stories on a theme recorded live on stage and without notes. I'm your host, Jody Eichelberger. On this podcast, we are rolling with the times. It's the slam from our 10th anniversary flagship season, The Decades, held on February 25th, 2020 at Jump, our all-ages venue in downtown Boise. During the slam, we randomly drew names and the select few relived their stories inspired by the theme, Zero Zeros. Let the good times roll. It's story time. Please welcome to our stage, Isaac Pareto? Prado? Isaac Prado, oh. Okay.
1: Look at all these beautiful people out here. Wow. Okay. Um, Well, I was trying to think of one as she was sharing her stories about the old, not old music days, but uh, previous music days. Um, and I guess it was kind of hard as I was listening. So should I tie it back to those that time, that 2000 time? It would
0: be
1: good if you connected to the theme. Okay, <laughs> connected to the theme. Well, uh, I'm a millennial, so I guess that counts. Um, in the year 2000, I was in junior high. And then I went on and on and I'm still alive. So after that time, I was in high school. And um, I mean, I guess I graduated from high school in 2010. And one of the uh, one of the my favorite things to share about that time, actually, um, is I guess my lifestyle and who I am today um, or the way I am today. So I'm from South Texas, um, was born about 20 minutes from Mexico and in a lifestyle where we went hunting and fishing and um, grew up on the ranch and I had raised pigs and horses and cattle and all that stuff. And, you know, I grew up participating in um, school events like FFA, which is Future Farmers of America and 4-H and all that stuff. Um, Did shop welding built some things. So that's that was my lifestyle fast forward To maybe almost six years ago now, which is maybe outside of that decade (laughs) Um, I was in a I had a near-death experience basically I Fell asleep as I was driving and I flew out of my truck and I woke up in the grass Um, inside of of property Um, maybe about from here to where DJ is sitting that's how far away I landed out of my truck Um, so I told you my lifestyle a little bit before and what happened then and what I do now is totally different Um, a few months after that experience I stopped eating meat. I had no idea what it meant to be plant-based or what anything was about. I mean I grew up eating steaks almost every every week and you know hunting my own animals and eating them and grew up on the ranch killing my own birds and for some reason after that experience I had to stop doing all that and I didn't know why. Um, Then I started traveling around the world been traveling maybe almost five years but I have been to boise and it sounds like and it feels like i can much less settle down in this space you know i've been like i said traveling and i've used a bicycle everywhere in in asia and in, in boise i was able to get a car so now i have a car i'm driving around but i guess the the whole transition of my life being born in a place where you know you cannot choose where you're born you don't you, you cannot choose who your parents get to be, and, or the culture, or part of the world you get, you get to be born in, but a real good thing that we all have as human beings is free will and the power to choose. And so I started making decisions in my life that I felt was right for me. So I left my job, traveled to China, lived in China for a year, lived in Vietnam for about a year, and I started getting into uh, yoga and meditation, and I started doing that uh, for the last five years. So now these boots you see are uh, faux leather, so I don't use any of that stuff anymore. Um, we went to Fork just before this, and luckily they had some food that we can eat. Um, so, what's really cool about, I guess, how I um, walk each step in my life now is totally different and I really appreciate and I honor the experiences I had growing up where I was born different culture uh, and to be able to make decisions and not stay stuck in that area of the world where a lot of people do get stuck and so I'm very grateful and very happy to be in Boise and to be able to share my story up on this stage and It feels like I was the only one that wrote that ticket. (laughs) But I somehow knew that I was gonna get chosen, so. And yeah, it's kinda hard to see everybody, but it doesn't matter, because I just got up here and showed, just to say that I did it, so thank you.
0: Our next Slammer is Cassie Florentine.
2: All right, so I feel like I manifested that a little bit (laughs) because I went and told all my friends that I put my name in and that I probably wouldn't get picked. (laughs) Um, So that last story had me thinking about uh, me as a woman in this world. And in 1993, I was not born yet. I was born in 1995. So um, thank you to all the women who fought for me and my voice today. Um, But needless to say, I grew up in a bubble. I grew up in Fort Collins, Colorado, which is about an hour outside of Denver for anybody who knows. And yeah, I see some fists. Woo! (laughs) CSU. That's where I was born and raised. Um, And I really knew nothing about gender or race inequality. Um, And that was mostly because we had no race difference. I had one black friend in elementary school, and he was my one black friend all through high school, and I thought, the world is perfect, we get along so great, why are we talking about these issues, and as I got older and into college and out of college, I realized how wrong that was, and um, specifically talking about being a woman. I've noticed the older I've gotten, how kind of naive um, my bubble was. And I'm gonna talk a little bit about um, a recent experience that happened to me, and um, I'll try to keep it light. Um, But I was playing soccer, which I've played um, my whole life. I love soccer, I'm very competitive. And I am very out of shape now. (laughs) As a 25-year-old, I have definitely (laughs) lacked. (laughs) You all are laughing, but I'm still experiencing it. (laughs) I'm drinking a lot and not running, so it's hard to play soccer. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And, um... I actually have the trait for sickle cell anemia, which um, is a disease that's rare in that if you are a carrier, you show half of the symptoms. And so what that means is that half of my red blood cells, um, the thing that carry oxygen through your body, are actually a sickle cell shape, its little moon, which means that it does not carry the oxygen. (laughs) And therefore, um, I make one sprint and I die. Or um, I walk and talk on the phone and I'm out of breath. Um, Just little things like that. And um, the more research they do now, um, the more um, colleges are not letting athletes who have the trait um, actually play sports because it's so dangerous. Um, so that's a little background so um, I was playing indoor soccer played like 10 minutes and I'm literally dying and so um, I'm not sure that most of you really understand what that looks like so I'm gonna do a little bit of a demonstration and that looks something like this (laughs) So, needless to say, I um, played about 10 minutes of that 40-minute game, and I left that indoor stadium um, not really being able to breathe. I felt super lightheaded. Um, I was seeing spots. I really shouldn't have been driving home, and I was on the phone with my dad, who shares the trait with me, and I was super mad. I was so mad that um, other people who are just as out of shape as I am could at least fake playing soccer, (laughs) whereas I am a pink tomato (laughs) on the side dying, and um, just really upset, um, venting, venting. I, I had pulled into our apartment complex, and i um, still on the phone venting. It's about mm, 10 o'clock because some, for some reason, as adults, we have sports at 8 o'clock at night. I don't know why we do that because I'm trying to be in bed. <laughs> um, so I'm in our parking lot, 10 o'clock at night, super dark. And I finally get off the phone with my dad. Mind you, my head is lacking oxygen. And I think to myself, wow. I shouldn't have been sitting here alone in my unlocked car in a dark parking lot on the phone for half an hour. That was probably a stupid move. And at that moment, I opened my door and at that moment, I hit somebody who was walking through the parking lot. And this is this hooded, hooded figure. I'm freaking out and in this like three second, like slow-mo i'm like holy jesus like this is happening i'm not i'm that girl that you see on facebook who who gets abducted from her car and (laughs) i audibly said holy shit!" (laughs) and the guy was like oh my god like we did like a both we were freaked each other out and it just so happened that this poor dude had, was just like trying to get to his apartment and didn't realize that there was some girl talking on her phone. And I was so shook up that I, I stayed in my car and he, he walked by and I, I finally got out of the car and I got to my apartment and um, my, my boyfriend was like, hey, I, I heard some commotion out there. What's going on? and i just fell on the floor and when i the moment i started started trying to explain to him what happened i was just bawling i was just full out bawling at the experience and it wasn't even it wasn't even that moment nothing bad happened right it was kind of funny like i hit this dude this poor dude who's just trying to go home and i was so caught up with an emotion that that's what women experience in our day today, like we we have to be aware of when we're in our car and when we're not in our car. And I'm I'm taught that I should not I should not sit in my car and talk on the phone. And so I don't really know if there is any any advice to that, but it was just kind of a little a little something for you to think about of of the young woman's experience today. So <laughs>
0: Mary Frances.
3: For those that are age appropriate, right, what about mom jeans, okay? Hey, hi. So, So tonight I'm wearing 501s that I actually stitched myself because I thought even though I'm aging gracefully, I should try to be trendy. And I put on my 501s, I haven't worn for like seven years, And my friend Kim Kincaid out there had mom jeans on our last week in McCall. So I had to go to the store today and also buy more mom jeans, which we thought were zero. I was in the low rise, right? And now I'm in the high rise. And they're not feeling too bad, not too bad. Okay. so thank you so much. Um, Let's move on to 2000 but I'm gonna back up a little bit. I was a transplant here from Denver, Colorado. Again, go, C- or go CSU, woohoo, Fort Collins. Um, and I moved here corporate world with General Electric, which was not a part of my corporate plan because I have a degree in fine art and I have a degree in graphic arts. So I was gonna be this stay-at-home mom and build up this generation of artists and all this creativity on it and I ended up with General Electric under Jack Welch basically the most militant of all CEOs <laughs> of all times so you know my, my 401 was pretty good um, and I got a promotion however um, this is 1997 I knew no one here in Boise not one single person I was on the throes of a divorce unfortunately um, Although we're really good friends today, um, I moved here with a one and a half year old and two and a half year old because I didn't know what else to do because of his struggles. And um, little did I know that he would disappear for 10 years. But again, we're all good friends. He's back again, good guy. Loved him with all of my heart. So let's go to the year 2000. And I went through all of the cyberspace stuff, being with GE and the and I thought that that was so important, and I really threw myself into my work because that's what I knew how to do. And I felt bad and very guilty as a mother because I had these small children, got them out of Denver, moved here, loved Boise, um, and I had to do a turnabout and face my reality of life in that I was a single parent in charge of four states with GE Lots of travel, lots of work. <laughs> then my oldest had a medical diagnosis, which decided for me to build a business plan, leave GE, and fate, about face the reality of my life. Thank heaven for my mom. And Jody said it best: that you know we have people in our lives that we love so much, and one of them then was my mother, who's now gone. And she would come up and move and live here for several months at a time, just take over my household. So I had a company car, she had the other car, took the kids, you know, on and on and on and on. So let me fast forward to the year 2000, and let's laugh before we leave tonight, because this is a good story about zero. So my oldest that had had this diagnosis was very, very shy, very sensitive to light, sound, et cetera. So I left the corporate world, lots of money, <laughs> lots of money, and um, downsized. And I became an art teacher at school. And then I could go to OT, PT, speech therapy, and be with my son, because I did an about face, to to be that mom, like finally be that mom. Now, this son, and I won't say his name, because he would kill me if I said his name, (laughs) (laughs) who's amazing. He's 25 right now, gorgeous, handsome, lived in Europe, international degree in finance. Uh, he's, He's doing great in life. And I'm so happy to have made the right choices. And um, so, it's picture day. We all know how important picture day is, right? Got the hair just right, and the clothing just right. Spent all these time, like, well so this son loved Hawaiian Tommy Bahama shirts with the wood buttons. So every year he had it buttoned up to here. And his, he had his hair perfect, and I put him on the bus. And of course, I'd see see him or his sister at, maybe at school. I was, again, teaching, so I could be around. And so we get back from school, and he will not look at me. He had to get him off the bus, and his head is down. He's got it back. I said, son, because I can't say his name, are you OK. fine, mom, fine, mom. We're so shy, I'm thinking, did he get beat up? I'm like, what happened? What is wrong with him? This is really a bad day with his diagnosis. Something's wrong, something's wrong. So I let it go, and I let it go. Well, a few hours pass, and, and homework's done, and dinner's ready. He's managed to, like, get around me and not be around me. Well, he forgot and looked up at me, and I said, son, um... Where are your eyebrows? (laughs) And then of course, I don't know. And I said, no, that's when the more of the visions came. He got beat up, something happened, what happened? Long story short, he kept denying it. Then it was the bottom lip quiver. (laughs) I don't know, (laughs) I don't know. Ultimately, I went into my bathroom, I found my 2000 Bic pink shaver, razor, and said, oh, here's your eyebrows. <laughs> all of them, all of them. I saved them in a Ziploc bag. Still have them, but I do wanna say one thing before I go and leave it on a high note. We are 20 years ahead as 2020. We still have some zeros in there. So I know for me, Being in my tenure, going through family deaths, friends' deaths, cancer, our children's heartaches, et cetera, et cetera. So for 2020, let's all have clear vision. Stay focused on what you want and where your heart is and turn your 1.0, because I'm turning Mary 1.0 into 2.0. All right? And don't shave your eyebrows.
0: It's going to be Carly.
4: Hi. So I'm, I'm Carly. That's, he called my name and I came up. Um, so I, I texted my friend Tammy yesterday, my really good friend Tammy, and I said, do you want to go to Story Story Night? She's like, what's that? And I was like, oh, yeah, just right. She's like, oh, my gosh, Gemma. Gemma got It's this Feature Story. I was like, so it's Buffy Maine. And you were amazing, too. So I was sitting next to her, and they, Jody did the intro, and Jody's awesome too, right? Um, and I told her about the story slam, and she's like, what's that? And I was like, you put your name in, and like, you can like get up and talk for like five minutes, only five, only, only five minutes. And, and she's like, you should do it. That's, Tam, that's my best Tammy impression. <laughs> you should do it, Carly, you should do it. And I was like, you know, only if I'm inspired. Like, I, w- I actually story slammed once several, several years ago, pre-kid, and it was like at the vac, and it was kinda dirty. I won't go there tonight, okay. But I didn't, like, I, I mean, I was very, ins- but the thing is, I, the, the reason I'm up here is that I was inspired by every story. So I was inspired, first of all, I was born in 1980, so the odds, like, it's so easy to know how old I am, yeah. Like I turn, I turn 40 this year. Yeah. Thank you. Spanks are great. Okay. Um, I have two kids um, and a husband. He's great. Uh, so I was inspired. Uh, By you because my husband is is a musician. He plays the trombone and he's so much smarter when it comes to downloading everything And I feel like so behind because I don't have all the music on my phone all the time I listen to the radio, but I don't listen to CDs anymore because they're also scratched cuz I'm so old So that's how you inspired me Uh, Buffy inspired me in so many ways. She's directed me in three shows She saw me in a stagecoach theater play right after I moved here and she asked me to audition, and I did. <laughs> She's like, Tammy, I recognize Buffy. Where is she, she, did she do the vibrator one? Is it the vibrator play? I was like, yes, that's Buffy. Buffy directed me in In the Next Room, or the vibrator play, years ago. Um, and then Gemma is a journalist, as is my husband. And her entire story is like the last decade of our lives. I moved here in 08, in the aughts. I'm staying with the theme. (laughs) I moved here in 08 because of him, because of a boy that I met who wanted to jump markets from Missoula to Boise. And that's a big jump in this area of the country. It's not as big as, and I don't, I, I was, oh, by the way, our first story slammer, I'm from Montana, but I didn't raise pigs. I don't, I don't think that helps, but I thought you were, it's, it takes a lot of bravery to get up here, so thanks to everybody who came up here. Anyways, okay, what was I gonna say? Oh, this and okay, not only did Buffy inspire me, but the suffragette thing, okay, the very first election I ever voted in was Gore-Bush. I mean, Jesus, it's amazing I still vote. Like, what the hell? All of that said, my story slam tonight is that I came here and it's been years since I've been able to come because of a two-year-old and a four-year-old and a husband and a wife. Wait, that's me. (laughs) Um, But I was inspired by every single story and uh, maybe
0: you'll be inspired by
4: mine. I don't know. Thank you.
0: Thank you for listening. Story Story Night receives support from the Boise Arts and History Department and is funded in part by the Idaho Commission on the Arts and the National Endowment for the Arts. Thank you to our media sponsors, Boise State Public Radio and Radio Boise. Our season sponsor, Pettit Realty Group, and our show sponsor, the Idaho Writers Guild. Podcast production is by Stephen Baldessari. Our theme song was composed by Dan Costello, and our musical guest was DJ K. Chef. Support this storied program, get tickets to our live show, and stay tuned at www.storystorynight.org. I'm Jody Eichelberger. Thanks for being a part of our story.